Cliff Central is turning one, and to celebrate, we're giving away half a million rand in smartphones. Half a million rand in smartphones. You could win just by listening to Cliff Central on WeChat every day during every show. Yeah, baby. If you want an upgrade or you need a new smartphone, we'll hook you up. Win with Cliff Central and WeChat for the month of April and visit cliffcentral.com for details. T's and C's apply. On radio. On radio. More of the good stuff. Cliffcentral.com. Talking Tech with the Techie Guy, Leon Segev, on cliffcentral.com. Good morning, it's Monday morning and it's always good to be here in the studio chatting live to you about all things tech. Um, and this morning we're joined with by Daryl Lennington from IT News Africa. How's it Daryl? How's it going? Good, good, good. Are you ready to do this? Oh yeah, as good. always. We've got quite a seriously packed show today. Um, we're talking about trends in Africa, we're talking about mobile phones and we're going to be speaking to Arthur Goldstock shortly um, who will be telling us all about his latest research. Um, we're also talking about an Ebola-proof tablet, okay? And it's not the one that you swallow, or hopefully, <laughs> freaking well or not. Um, and then we've got um, some very cool technology that's popping up all over the place, and we'll tell you all about that a bit later. And then we're ending off with some tech gadgets, and this time we're talking about some headphones. So if you're in the market for a new head- headphones, let us know. <coughs> Sorry, my throat's a bit fuggered for my last trip. Um, and then we're ending off with an app called um, Gojimo. Which, if you're studying, um, you know, from grade 10 to matric, you should definitely be listening out for that. And on that clearing throat noise, we're going to try to get Arthur on the line, who's going to be telling us his latest um, latest research. Um, Daryl, you ready for Arthur? Yep. Arthur, are you ready for us? That's the question. I'm, I'm ready for you, Liron and Daryl. How's it, Arthur? How are we doing? Very well, thank you. Okay, so um, Arthur, before we get started, we, and, and this actually um, it does sort of tie in somewhat to smartphones, um, we've got to tell you about the competition that Cliff Central is running. So Cliff Central is turning one, and to celebrate, they're giving away half a million rands worth of smartphone, and you can win just by listening out for the question on Cliff Central. So submit the answers by WeChat, by tapping Connect, then Competition on the menu, and if you want to get the latest upgrade smartphones, we'll hook you up with the Galaxy S4 um, and win with Cliff Central and WeChat for the month of April. Visit cliffcentral.com for details. The usual T's and C's apply. And today's question is, is the show on Tuesday at 1 p.m. the Daily Maverick show or the Daily News show? Is this the entire question? Seriously. Okay, well, that's the question. Is the, da- is the show enough. on Tuesday at 1 p.m., the Daily Maverick show or the Daily News show? All right. And on that note, Arthur, let's talk information. Let's talk mobile phones in Africa. Um, you've recently just conducted a survey to go with um, – yeah, just tell us about uh, about some key, key findings that you discovered. Uh, sure. Well, firstly, happy birthday to uh, the Central. Um, well done there, Gareth and team. Thank you. The, the survey of uh, five of the key African – uh, Mark, South Africa, Nigeria, uh, Kenya, Uganda, and Ghana, to get a sense of what are the phone trends or the mobile device trends in those markets in terms of uh, which markets are still on feature phones, which are moving to smartphones, or rather which uh, brands they're moving to and which brands are uh, being abandoned. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really fascinating to look at the data from that uh, point of view. So, for example, what didn't surprise us was the finding that 
Nokia remains the major uh, cell phone brand in Africa, but not the major smartphone brand, I have to say. Right. Because um, clearly the, domin- the dominance of Nokia in, in the last decade or so across Africa has been based on their feature phone and their dominance in feature phones. The moment they began uh, moving away from uh, feature phones, you saw the um, market share start falling, but also the fact that it didn't come in with no in a smartphone meant that they couldn't make up for that lost uh, market share. So it's still big, but l- let me give you a sense of um, what the research showed from that point of view. When we asked people what their previous phones were, 48% across these countries said it was a Nokia. When we asked them what phone they use now, only 34% said they now use a Nokia, which sure. is quite a staggering drop. Absolutely. So what, we're not asking people uh, what phone um, they had last year or this year. We're trying to get more of a sense of how they use the experience with their phone right. and when they last upgraded. Because many people upgrade or rather change their phones only every few years. And our, our, our typical sense in the developed markets of buying a new phone doesn't really apply when you ask people what phone they're actually going to use. In that case, usually what phone are they going to get from their parents or their elder brothers or their friends who pass on the phones once they upgrade? Exactly. So there's a massive hand-me-down market going on. And the thing is for Nokia is that they're not sharing this hand-me-down market. Nokias are basically the end-of-life phone. In other words, um, once you move on from a Nokia, there's no one to pass it on to. Because everyone else, nowhere uh, down the food chain, let's call it, has uh, got a Nokia. Uh, What's going to happen to Nokia next is a massive uh, drop. When people are asked what phone they'll be using next, only 18% said Nokia. The big winner Mm -hmm. is a brand which at the moment is only owned by 17%. So if one only looks at a snapshot of where the market is right now, it, it would give you no sense of the dynamics of the market. So Samsung at the moment is in number two position at only 17%. Previously, they were at 14% when we asked what the previous phone was. So it doesn't sound like a massive leap happening there. But when you ask them what phone they'll buy next, 26% said Samsung. So when you compare that with Nokia, it's 26% Samsung versus 18% Nokia, and suddenly you see the dramatic shift in the balance of, of market that's coming to the African phone market. I mean, that's quite significant. That's very significant. In uh, in, in terms of, of major markets like South Africa, Nigeria, and Kenya, a, a swing from 17% to 26% is massive. And especially when that's at the same time as your biggest competition is halving exactly. your market. Exactly, absolutely. The biggest, the biggest surprise of all there was BlackBerry which uh, previously was 6% of people owning it. But what we're seeing is that there's still demand for Blackberries. There's still the, the old curves and bowls are still selling. The new classic, I think, is um, quite uh, an impact. But at the same time, what we're seeing there is almost different from any other brand. It's a massive hand-me-down effect. So for people who still have feature phones, the big aspiration remains the Blackberry. Sure. So we we um, using our high-end uh, Samsung or uh, Apple or LG or Sony uh, phones 
uh, are oblivious to the fact that BlackBerry is still an aspirational brand at the bottom end of the market. So people coming up from feature phones, in other words, the people abandoning right. the Nokia's, mm-hmm. what's the number one phone they want? They want the BlackBerry. So, I mean, we, we're effectively living in this little <clears throat> kind of iBubble and Samsung bubble. It's like everybody obviously wants one of those two brands, but that's not really the case for everybody. Exactly, exactly. People who can't uh, begin to afford those phones are not aspiring to those phones. You don't uh, aspire to something that is so far beyond your reach that you can't imagine uh, having it. But something over there, in other words, the BlackBerry, that's right. something you can easily aspire to. There's also, of course, the entry-level smartphones coming from Samsung and Alcatel and uh, Huawei, uh, for example, which is picking up a massive um, share of new users, new smartphones in South Africa and increasingly in other territories as well. Zambia is an example where Alcatel, for example, is picking up massive share with their Pixie smartphone that costs about 550 rand. But sure. when you look across all these territories and across uh, markets, you still see that aspirational desire for the BlackBerry. So the expectation is that BlackBerry is going to lead to 16% market share. Okay, so I mean, and that I, is just. Um, so I mean, Arthur, I mean, it's effectively backing kind of the world trend. I mean, everyone says BlackBerry is dead, but not everybody lives in Africa, and the rest of the world is not Africa. So exactly. we're very much mm-hmm. on our own continent doing our own thing. And what's good for a 4G, 5G country such as the U.S. is never going to fly in a place where you're still getting GPRS in areas that SMS is your key application. Exactly that. And a, a BlackBerry curve, for example, is right. seen as a cutting edge phone. And a good I mean, phone too. Never used yeah. the feature. I mean, I mean those, BlackBerry, those BlackBerry phones are, have completely <laughs> changed from the old days when I suppose we were all using them as our primary phones, the BlackBerry 10 operating system has, you know, has come leaps and bounds. The problem is people say the word BlackBerry and they go, oh, are they still around? You know, because we live in Twitter sphere where everybody has got their own little jaded view of the smartphone market. But they're very much around. And, you know, we've always been fans of what they're doing, especially now being in the software security game, which is kind of where they're going to make their next play, I suppose. Um, and then just finally, the Chinese guys, are they still still out there, like the Huawei's of the world? Are they coming in fast and furious? Are they going to be the next Samsung's? The, the one brand that we do see, uh, see coming up uh, significantly is, is Huawei, which is currently at 2% um, or 3% of the market, and that's expected to rise to 9%, which is uh, also a very significant leap. Sure. Um, the other one, the surprise, uh, given what we were just saying about BlackBerry and high-end phones, mm-hmm. is for the iPhones. There is huge demand at the um, higher-end. People can afford the Apple. There's massive demand for that. So right now, Apple across these markets stands at 2%, which is pretty much where it stands in South Africa as well. Right. But in terms of what people are hoping to buy next, it rises to 11%. It's also is a massive oh, rise. Sure. So, I mean, it looks so, like the, your aspirational is very much still, geez, I really want to get to that brand, but then when it's time to buy, it's what I can afford. That's what it just boils down to. Mm. Precisely, precisely. But um, the, the high end definitely wants uh, Apple or a Samsung phone, but the other uh, brands as well that are also expected to rise, not as massively as these, but Sony, for example, stood at 2%. They rise into 5% based on what you want to buy next. Mm-hmm. Then LG, currently at 3%, also expected to rise to 5%. But 
So all of these are taking away share from Nokia. But um, the, big, the big winners are uh, Samsung, uh, BlackBerry, um, and then a little further down the rung, Apple and Huawei. So, Arthur, does it involve uh, the operating system or how easy the device is to use? Is that why there's a boom? It's uh, still uh, more about uh, the, the aspiration, though, for example, uh, with uh, Apple. A lot of people, if they could afford it, that's the brand that they would go for. Yeah. Right, right now, this is obviously before the launch of the new Samsung Galaxy S6 and S6 Edge. Yeah. Uh, people who can afford the S6 Edge, that's the fund they get. But uh, the majority of people obviously can't uh, afford it. The iPhone is a little cheaper, iPhone 66 Plus. So that'll be uh, the next most aspirational uh, device. So I think that's still more what it's about than about ease of use. If you look at the bottom end of the market, for example, and the massive shift we've seen in South Africa from feature phones to smartphones, that is entirely about the feel of the smartphone rather than uh, ease of use or anything else. It's going to be a very steep learning curve for all of these users who are migrating. So it's going to be about the strength of the brand on the one hand, but also on the other hand about the accessibility of the smartphone that they can actually get hold of. So if they can only afford a Huawei Ascend Y220, for example, yeah. that they'll go for. Um, if they have someone who is upgrading and passing on BlackBerry, that's what they'll go for. So it's all about affordability at the end of the day. Exactly. Cash is where it's at, and everybody seems to be eating everybody else's lunch by offering weird and wonderful things. But we've also seen that a lot of the innovation has like plateaued when it comes to the phones. Um, but software, usability... And the most critical thing is a good battery life. If your phone has got all the best features, but by 11 o'clock you're looking for a USB charging cable, well, that's going to be more of an inconvenience than it's, than, than it's worth. Yeah. It's all about having a phone that you can actually use, make it last throughout a, a normal work day, um, charge it overnight, and then start again the next day. Rinse and repeat. And I think those people who get that right are actually going to kind of definitely be one step ahead. Yeah. That's, that's very true, Leon. Um Ironically, there's um, a, a great appeal um, at the bottom end of the smartphone market, all the three-and-a-half-inch screens, because those screens don't chew up battery life the way the five and five-and-a-half-inch screens do. So those phones actually have longer battery life than the top of the screen. Sure. Okay. And there we go. <clears throat> you heard it from Arthur himself. Uh, Arthur, thank you for joining us um, on Cliff Central this morning and sharing your information with us. Thank you, Ron. Thanks, Daryl. Thanks. Talking Tech. With the techie guy, Leon Segev, on cliffcentral.com. And that was You Don't Own Me by Grace. And we decided for the sake of our ears to kill it rather early, because yep. that was just on a scale of 1 to 10, rather, I don't know. Because it currently doesn't own us. <laughs> oh, for God. Right. <laughs> um, all right, but now we've got game. And we've got Bright House game. And, um, and in fact, we've got... Two people in the studio, not just one, because that's just how we roll today. Um, the more but, the merrier. The more the merrier. So, Evelyn from Brighthouse, and then we've got Arthur from Got Game. 
Um, and we're going to talk about some really, really cool initiatives, some really, really cool tech. Um, we first want to give a shout out to, um, Bradley Marlin, who's on WeChat, just saying hazard, says he's loving the show. Cool to hear. Um, and he's holding by to hear about the headphones review that we're going to do a little bit later. Fantastic. So stick, stick around for that. Um, just a reminder of the question for today to win yourself one of the Samsung Galaxy S4 phones. Um, the question is so difficult. It's, is the show on Tuesday at 1 p.m. the Daily Maverick Show or the Daily News Show? Um, if you don't know that, go to cliffcentral.com and look at the lineups and you'll see what the answer is. So difficult today. Um, okay, so let's say hello to our guest. How's it going? Hello. Hi. Hi all right, everyone's talking hey nicely. Cool. That's all good. Sound checks is fine. Uh, Emily, I think let's start with you. Set us, set us up. Tell us what, why are we here? What's the content? Okay, so I'll speak on behalf of the company Bright House and the Bright House Got Game Initiative and set some context so we can then get into discussion with Arthur and tell you about this very cool and very impacting initiative. The Bright House Corporate Social Responsibility Strategy is focused on delivering impacting and sustainable technology support within underserved communities. The aim being to impact youth and the greater community to ultimately bridge the digital divide between privilege and circumstance. In order to deliver on this strategy, it made sense to partner with social enterprise Got Game to collectively and effectively, in collaboration with our industry partners, deliver on this strategy. Now I'm going to hand over to Arthur because he sets a very cool scene. And from there on out, we're just going to have fun with the discussion. <laughs> All right. Just tell us what this means in practical term. What's got game? Who's got game? What game are we talking about? Let's get <laughs> can it. Can I play the game? <laughs> right. So you can play the game. So God Game is a social enterprise. And it's not many social enterprise acting in technology today, but... As God Game, we create digital pop-ups. These pop-ups are points of presence for unleashing potential. We're dropping them down in underserved communities, trying to enable young people to get them into jobs, to get them access to all kinds of resources, whether that's education or through to job creation. So that is our focus currently, and we're looking to grow that going forward. Okay, so I mean, let's delve kind of into a little bit of the details. So give us like a practical example of what that what that means. Okay, where do we see this? I mean. Realistically, I mean, it's all good in theory. We've all seen the absolutely. PowerPoint presentations, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been in many of those conversations where people pick it up and they want to see it, you know, see the real thing because a lot of presentations are being done today. Sure. And all you see is these conceptual drawings. And exactly. what we've done is we've actually built out these projects. So we've built and delivered some of these little containerized solutions. A container solution, unlike no other, is not the ones you typically see in, the, in our townships. It's something that looks very high tech, you know, something that you'll see in, from a world class perspective. Yeah. Over and above that, there's technology that resides inside. So there's the physical technologies, there's loads of tabs in there, there's uh, wireless networking that happens inside of it, but most importantly is the online platform, so there's a digital library with access to more than 3 million resources over and above that there's the, the work access platform, and then the rest of the resources in terms of getting people in touch with other people outside of their community which is the the entire concept around bringing right. Kasi closer to business and business closer to Kasi, and it's that business exchange that really makes the difference, it's trying to get our young people engaged in communities outside of their own and also empowering their own. Okay, so I mean, it's it's a clock. I mean, is it for in a kind of visualization? Because I mean, we can't show pictures, but yeah. effectively, <laughs> it's a container, like a shipping container that you've gutted out. You've created a classroom or you connected a working environment 
that's got all this cool tech in it. That's right. So if you had to look at it, this typical tech hub, if you had to see a Google of sorts in, the, in Silicon Valley, it would be no different to what we have inside of there, colorful chairs, all the little things that you'd like to see. Then over and above that, it's all the technology that's required to take these kids forward because typically what happens in our townships is we have these beautiful projects handed down to us, but the tech is old and there's no connectivity and there's exactly. nothing you can really do with it, right? Because then there's no 10 mega Wi-Fi and so forth. We actually bring that down to the level where they can access it. And then we try to look at how can we help their enterprises build upon what we have. So it's a coffee shop element to it as well, as we have a deck on top of the one in Deep Stuart now, so we'll bring enterprises coming there. Because you've seen many a time, you've seen young enterprises sitting in four ways, as you see, and they don't have a place to go. We're putting it right back onto their doorstep so it's accessible to them. So, I mean, bring, you know, I think that the point is a very good point, because you always think about all these initiatives, and it's all this crap Rubbish equipment that nobody wants and just, you know, they force down these throats. Um, you know, it's like a 486 with half yes. a meg of RAM. And they go, well, it can run Windows 8. No, no, you can't. Absolutely. Um, and you expect these guys to use the technology and then come out of there, um, kind of brighter and more skilled. And the answer is no. It's just nobody exactly. uses WordPerfect 5.1 anymore. Okay. <laughs> um, there's a thing called a mouse. So it's nice that it's real, classy, top end technology being made available basically anywhere, right? And what makes it special, right, is it's great to have infrastructure. Infrastructure is a great enabler, but you've got to get the right partnerships in place. So if you look at a young development house coming out of a township, what do they need? So they need a company like a Microsoft to be tied into their BizSpark program. Right. And this will be facilitating right now. So we tied into these big organizations. Microsoft, we took it to SAP, and we're bringing these services and cloud opportunities closer to these people so they can use it. Right, So once they can use it for their own businesses, you're starting to see our township businesses being formalized, having the right things in place in order to participate in bigger opportunities and getting the right kind of exposure into a global economy versus something that is just done across the desk or tro- across a coffee table. Okay. So, I mean, what, what is, again, what is NASA's yeah. practical? Um, again, it's not these theoretical bullshit uh, <laughs> PowerPoint presentations that yeah. in the future one day you will be able to. Yes. It's these guys who are actually skilled are able to produce an application, are able to produce a business, um, and they need help with certain elements of that. Is that what you bring to us? Could, could I just sort of pop in here as well? Excuse the pop in reference. <laughs> um, Arthur, if you could also just elaborate on our partnership with the Depsloot Preschools Foundation. That sets real context for what we are doing. That is, that is not hyper, you know, where we're referring to our Microsoft relationship and our SAP relationship. This is an initiative that has been existed, that has existed in, in, in Dipsloot for 20 years. Okay. And it's focused on an ECD development space, on developing grade R teachers to then ultimately own their own little micro schools, little grade R schools, those that they've been prepped for primary school and how we will facilitate and have been facilitating and continue to facilitate upskilling these teachers, these prof- developing them professionally to ultimately own these micro-enterprises. If you could talk and elaborate on that, that is one real initiative that has been on the go and will continue to and set the scene for the next. Oh, absolutely. So we're very passionate about early child development. And as you know that oftentimes in our communities, you'll see that those are the ones that are often negated or neglected. And we're trying to bring the technology closer to them as well and to provide them with often Real opportunities where they can get access to the right information, get them trained. Because sometimes you see people, they're using Play-Doh, but they have no idea what Play-Doh really looks like. But through a YouTube clip, through a recorded clip of five seconds, you can show somebody that actually should be mealable and you should be able to bend it and fold it and so forth. And we are doing this and we're bringing that kind of tech and that kind of real-life application closer to people. So that whatever we build, whatever we bring onto the table, it is something that is relevant to their environment and helps them grow. So we've gone and we've... 
put this into like an ECD environment, early child environment, where we can bring the people who have the skills closer to the communities. We can start sharing information with them so they're not disparate. We're using technology as a real utility because that's what it is today. It's something that everybody should have access to, and it's a utility that's essential. So using the God game principle of sharing, because we're in this whole giving economy, we are giving away some of these opportunities to these people and putting them in touch with the right resources. And I say resources, it could be people, it could be infrastructure to see. And we're making that happen so that they also have a connected sense because we're all connected in some way. And the only way we grow is when we are connected. And this is what we bring to the early child development space. But can I talk about some other things as well? Yeah, I was going to say before. Yeah. But I mean, is it only teaching? I mean, what what else? It's beyond teaching, right? So there we go. one of the things you can it's do exciting. as well is, and the most exciting part for me, is the jobs element because one of the things, you, what can you do for poor people? Right, right. The hot dog days are stale. <laughs> I don't like doing the hot dog days anymore. And I don't like having the little parties. What you can really do for them to create a change is to bring digital jobs. And we've done this. So one example of bringing a digital job closer to a community is where you can bring some data capturing closer. So we've got a data, ca- data capturing nice. contract. So the guys get paid 350 per form. Form is two pages. Get it right. It's assessed and they get paid that money, right? It gets nice. put into a little wallet for them. But you can, can you imagine that in a real world application where you've got some kid who's a child, who had, has a child-headed household mm-hmm. and he earns over 10 forms, he earns 35 bucks. 35 rands is something real. You can go to a store with that. Sure. It's not some token-based solution where you get a voucher. Now you're forced to go somewhere with a little voucher. Well, it yeah. takes you 35 rand just to get there because you've got to take two taxis. Absolutely. You know. so you get bring that it into it. the community or bring so it into saying, the community. Yeah, yeah, we're saying let's bring it to the community. Let's put it in the hands of these kids. And if they can get up to 100, if they can build micro-enterprises around that, then that's real opportunity. And that's taking our country forward and getting them into the real economy. And, and again, getting the kids, um, adults exposed to real technology. Um, so even even if it's just data capturing, and we say just because it's menial, everybody's got a computer. Absolutely. No, everybody doesn't just have a computer, and that's we've got to get our heads out of sand, and, um, and there's a bigger world out there. Yes. Um, so the nice thing is they start by, by, form, by capturing some forms. Very quickly, you're going to see some bright spark saying, I get three for and 50 um, a form. I'm going to farm it up to two of my mates. They'll get two bucks. I'll get a rand 50. I'll own this little business and start developing a whole bunch of other kids. Um I mean, that's what it's all about. It's about, yeah. you know, real, real value. I mean, that's 35 rand. Again, doesn't sound much. A lot of people have got 35 rand lying in the ashtray because they give it to the car guards. Yes. But these people who live on 35 rand, you just, you got to put that always in perspective. It's very easy to get lost yeah. in the fact that you're running with this insane technology in your car, on your laptop, sitting having coffee at some expensive restaurants. But people live off that amount. They do. And that's why this becomes, becomes real. They do. Yeah. So from my side, I've got a few harder questions for you guys. Uh, have you guys had any setup difficulties within different communities? Well, if you had to look at the approach that we have, it's quite different. I don't like the typical corporate approach where you drop something in someone's backyard and they should be happy about it. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> we actually engage with the community. We talk and we socialize with the right people in the community. We actually respect and recognize the leaders in the communities. So the community response has been pretty positive, right? It's been very positive. Yeah. Okay, cool. Community buying on what we do. But I, mean, but I think it's critical though. Cause yeah. Again, there's a lot of these U.S. companies, and we've been involved with a lot of them, who thinks they'll come into Africa and they'll take something that works in Nebraska and they go, <laughs> file save as Kenya, and it will just work. Yeah. It doesn't. Okay? <laughs> Africa is very, very different to the rest of the world. And we're having that discussion earlier with Arthur as well. well so buying is very critical. So also um, what you guys have is a fantastic idea. But if equipment's damaged, what are the, re- the procedures to replace it? If anything's stolen – 
what actually goes into and, that. And just to tell on that, who owns it? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of it boils so, down so, to. so ultimately, that's exactly the model that we've created here. Through corporate sponsorship, we have ideally, this is, this is the relationship that we have with God Game. I say we, I'm talking on behalf of Bright House. We have uh, had a relationship within the Deep Slurt community with two beneficiaries, that being the Sunrise Secondary School and the Queen of Malapa High School, yeah. over a period of four and a half years. We've been led and, you know, being guided by them and mm-hmm. their needs. And obviously, through, uh, you know, using our core competencies, have been delivered on a technology platform according to their needs and requirements and collectively we've grown to the point that we felt we needed to to bring something more you know something that would scale that would then start serving serve be placed in their their specific schools but yeah. serve the greater community within which they find themselves we then partnered with God game and we we bought the first hub not the first hub ever delivered but as the bright house got game hub yeah. we as the corporate buy the hub we as the corporate then have taken God game on as an enterprise development beneficiary beneficiary of our corporate and we then in turn develop the, the God Game Enterprise. Okay. Collectively, we are the Bright House God Game Initiative. So he's getting that corporate support, that corporate mentorship, that corporate mm. access to all these massive technology partners. We then together, ultimately, as Bright House God Game, facilitate this technology offering that we take back into the community. Just one very success, you know, one great success story that we can leverage off is our um, relationship with the Wits University and with Professor Barry Dwelatsky, who's been driving innovation within, you know, he, he's been driving the, the, the Shimalong Innovation Hub in Bromfontein, how we have provided a platform for him to then run that same innovation concept in Dipslut, as opposed to busing everyone out from the different communities to the specific innovation hub. We are now streaming the support. So, Arthur, you could then give further advice yeah. around that or further context. Okay, so the schools where we go into, they start to become the owners of these hubs, right? And we're obviously taking people from these communities and they are driving what's happening inside of the hub. Yeah. They get trained, they get access to all the facilities, they get access to courses, and they become these young business people or project managers as we call them. So the ownership lies with the school. Not I mean, with do, do they game. maintain it? I mean, do they do like first yeah. level support? First level support. Well, is, okay. There's nothing more beautiful than watching people I from agree. that community supporting their own community project. Sure. And essentially, if once we start doing that, we're starting to see that that whole little ecosystem starts to build around taking accountability and ownership and starting to recognize what the true value is of that hub in their community. So we don't own it, we just support it. We support it. But I mean, so you've corporate given them. Corporate Corporate owns it. Sorry. So if anything major is, happens, somebody's picking up the tab, but they still have the ownership because they still maintain it. It's still theirs. It's still theirs. In, 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 in effect. All right. On that note, let's take a quick ad break. Cliffcentral.com. Okay. Um, Bradley shot for the shout out, um, on there. And Bradley's actually coming to us on WeChat. And basically Bradley's saying he loves the initiative. He really wants these things in his community and it's probably everywhere else. He's got a, he says he's, he's got a lot of kids in my suburb and are unemployed and in dire need of doing something different. I suppose that's exactly what the core of this is. That's is right. giving people also, it's a bit of hope as well. Saying there is a big bad world out there, but you don't have to be afraid of it. It's all about connectivity and we're going to offer you connectivity in your local community. And that is going to be the key to bridging that gap. Because at the end of the day, that's what it, that's what it's all about. That's the project. Okay, sounds cool. So, yeah, uh, which other areas will you guys be focusing on? So we're looking to grow our project, and we've already gone out to Pretoria. We've got something out in Fassfontein. It's a digital hub that has transformed itself from a digital library for young kids now also to an agri-type of pop. 
And we're looking to go beyond that. We're now also talking to the Western Cape government in terms of the broadband roller that they have there, matching our pop-ups in their area. Then we have also have international agreements. We have already have an agreement with the Chad government and a few others, and we're looking to take this into Africa. I mean, Africa's got game, that .com, that's our website. So mm. we're looking to really take this broad because the further out it goes and the more kids that it can help, the better it is for all of us in our little economy. And, and, and kids is where it's at. I mean, there's got to be a mindset change. And starting with those kids, it's going to be giving them the I can attitude as opposed to uh, being dealt this card and now I can do nothing about it. Uh, and I think that's quite, that's quite, um, that, that's quite key. So just give us the name of that website. It's africasgotgame.com. So africa-got-game.com. Okay. Africa dash. Yeah. Uh, Africa's yeah. hyphen mm-hmm. game. Yeah. God, sorry, godgame.com. <laughs> Seriously, you're not confusing us at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Okay, and then there's also, you can, you know, we got a full overview around the Bright House Got Game Initiative on the Bright House website, which is B-R-I-T-E-H-O-U-S-E dot C-O dot Z-A. And you'll find Bright House Got Game on our website as well, set in context to this discussion. Okay, so I mean, go check it out. Um, there's an ability if you want to get involved, an ability to kind of, um, you know, make contacts and check it out. Um, but the nice thing is you can see some pictures, see what this thing visually looks like. I mean, this thing is massive. I mean, uh, you know, you're thinking a shipping container is, is like this thing that you ship goods overseas with. But I mean, once you got that thing out, you got a proper building. Um, and especially you put a little bit of an aircon and, and a structure on top of that. I mean, this is, it's a real, it's a real structure. That's, I suppose, that's what you want. That's what we uh, want, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's, that's, to me, this is what, what, what it's all about. It's about real solutions. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of these kind of so-called, um, ability to do stuff, things, bunches and lots. Yes. But translating into practical terms, it doesn't really translate. Whereas this is actually a real, I mean, it looks like an office. It looks like a cool place to hang out. It looks like, um, you know, you can really get some good value. And that's what in we it. really wanted. And I suppose hanging out, I mean, they've done it very successfully in the States where they've taken mm. these really, um, kind of, uh, I don't know, crappy areas and they've given them, the kids some hope. And as soon as the kids have got hope, then the attitude changes. Yeah. And it's less about gangsters, less about drugs, more about kind of having a future. And that's what, that's what these kind of yeah. things yeah. Are, are, are making, making it happen. Right. Guys, thank you for joining us. Um, thank you. We'll tweet out some links as well so everybody who wants to get involved will be able to, to, to check it out. Um, yeah, and then we look forward to doing a follow-up and see how these things develop. And we'll get more we, look, we look forward to hosting you at, at, at the Digital Hub. Okay. And we'd also like to have Bright House Got Game trending. We, it's hashtag Bright House Got Game. Right. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I dig that. I mean, that was quite cool. It's it's nice to see some practical solutions, real stuff happening in the communities, and um, hopefully we'll see more of them and make these things a success. Hopefully nobody steals the container. Hopefully <laughs> nobody flogs it off for some bag of weed or something. But um, yeah, let's see more of the stuff happening and uh, power to them. Let's make this uh, make this community better. Make it's this great country initiative. Better. Loving it. Um, all right, on to something slightly different. We're going to talk about a quick gadget, and in my case, I'm talking about the Razer. Headphones. So for those who are not in the gaming community as such, Razer is actually kind of the brand name. I mean, would you say it's, it's the, the most recognizable brand? I'd say one they're of, a good brand, yeah. Right. And they, they've got these keyboards and they've got these masks. And I mean, got, I rock a Ouroboros mouse most of the day, so. 
I can't even know what that means. But um, <laughs> the, uh, for me, what these guys have done in, in um, what Razer have done is made. Uh, I mean, they've really focused their attention on, on gaming. I'm a new gamer, newbie, um, as I'm exploring with Zoe every time we have our show. But um, what, I, what I saw was that they've got a whole bunch of headsets. And I was wondering why on earth would a gaming company be bothered with headsets? So I got myself three different headsets from them. Um, disclaimer, it is on review, so I didn't get three headsets yeah, from right them. Now, okay, you know how these things go. You're not uh, OCD, yeah? Yeah, the there we go. So I've got one called the Hammerhead Pro. It's an in-ear set. Uh, it retails for $70. So, um, um, you know, that's kind of the, the US dollar base price, roughly 750 bucks. Um, Hammerhead Pro, what's really cool about that, because it's in-ear, it's nice to travel with. So you stick it inside your ears, you can hook it up to your mobile phones, hook it up to your tablet, watch movies, listen to music, and a really, really, really good sound. It doesn't block out the surrounding sound too well, so you might have issues with plane noise, um, and obviously that screaming baby in the row 31B, there's nothing you can do about that. But um, really, really cool, funky, very, very light. They come in this luminous green color, so you're not going to lose it. So. I thought that was that was quite a yeah. Um, Liren's actually rocking a mm. luminous screen cable, right? <laughs> like proper raver, man. Um, well, that cable, now that you brought it up, is actually attached to the second one, which I was looked at. It's called the Adaro A D A R O DJ headset, which I thought was quite fitting for this kind of an environment. <clears throat> this one's an over-ear um, headset. Um, sound is really, really awesome, um, and that's. It is a bit bulkier, so traveling is a little bit of an issue with that, um, just because of also the carrying case is actually quite quite massive, but it is to protect um, the headset, and that retails at two thousand dollars. Uh, sorry, <laughs> a lie, two hundred dollars, not two thousand dollars, two hundred dollars, right? Two thousand dollars for Two K, but really, really good sound. Um, and you know, if you're very much into your music, especially if you're into um, kind of the DJing scene, or you want crystal clear audio, this is the one to go for. But finally, my pick is called the Adara Wireless Bluetooth Headset, retailing at $150. Um, and that is just Bluetooth. You know, no cables need apply, no luminous green, anything. Um, just hook it up to your Ever devices and just go with it. The only downside is, of course, it's Bluetooth, so it will charge your battery. Um, and unfortunately, there isn't a cable um, that you can use whilst the Bluetooth is charging. But otherwise, a really, really good set of headsets. Point is with Razer is that they're really branching out into lots of different areas. Yeah. And headset is really one of those things. Uh, bless you for, for that uh, comment. No, hey, listen, Duncan, we got your back, Tyler. Um, all right. So um, if you're in the market for a headset, really something that's worthwhile checking out, going away from those normal traditional brands like the Beats and, you know, the ones that everybody's paying three, four, five grand for. That um, cost like. Three hundred bucks. Well, that's the thing is that you, you've really got to you know, price value. You got to go check these things out, which is why I was looking at these things. I'm really happy with them. Uh, really sad that they're going back. So I think I'm going to have to invest in one of them, and probably the Adara Wireless one is the one I'm going to go for. So that's my pick. Um, and then Daryl, you've got a pick of some cool tech. Yeah, um, I met up with a gent named George Burgess. Uh, He's from the UK, and what he's actually done is he's launched an app into South Africa. It's called Gojimo. It's free on the Android App Store and Google Play Store. And basically what it actually does is it assists students from, what was it, grade 8 to matric. Right. Um, it's, it's essentially a revision app. So you're going in for your exams. You haven't studied that much, but you, you kind of know what you're talking about. The nice thing about this app is it currently 
focuses on a number of topics. So you've got maths, you've got economics, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. So yeah, um, basically it's free on the Android App Store, um, revision app. The nice thing is that the fact that George has actually brought this app into Africa and he's looking to expand it across the continent. So I just thought that it was a nice feel-good startup. It helps students learn. Okay. You know. uh, and, and it ties in with our themes about yeah. education, so it also kind of helps the show as well. So yeah. good, 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 good pick. The other thing is it doesn't need any internet connection to run. Okay, so I think, I think right, so you left the best part till the end. Um, so exactly, it's a rev- exactly. It's a revision app, um, so it's not a study. So if you haven't studied and you're looking for this app to give you the answers, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's not that. It's no. basically I've studied. I just want to test myself to see how much I know versus how much I don't know. This is the app to download. You download it once and then it works offline um, depending yeah. on your subject that, you, that you've chosen. So I tested myself and I obviously did horribly. What? Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah, – um, uh, it's uh, again. Uh, um, it's funny how the stuff that you learn at school, which is, seems to be so critically, absolutely important at that stage, goes in one year. Uh, 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 yeah, never a day goes past without me discussing some theorem of some sorts. Mm. Liar. <laughs> not, 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 not even once. Um, right. So I think download the app. Um, what's the, what's the app? The app's name? It's called Gojimo. So the spelling for it is G O J I M O. And it's on the App Store or Google Play Store. And already Bradley is coming in to say that um, his sister's in matric and he told her about the app and she already digs it. So, see, all right. We help it. The show helps everyone. Look at this. <laughs> we're helping people get an education and we're making people aware of the technology that's out there. So that's quite cool. I think our job for today is done. Fantastic. Daryl, thanks for popping in. Thanks for joining us. Daryl, how can we get a hold of you? Uh, you can catch me on Twitter. It's at Daryl Lennington or you can follow at IT News Africa. For all the news that you can use. <laughs> not, not bad. I mean, off the cuff. Okay, I'm, sure, I'm sure I heard it somewhere, so I can't trademark that. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Thanks for joining me. My name is Liron Segev. You can check me out on Twitter. So it's at Liron, L-I-R-O-N underscore S-E-G-E-V. Or alternatively, on the blog, it's thetechieguy.com. And always go to cliffcentral.com and download the podcast. Make sure you stream lots of it. And if you've missed it, download it and just listen to it later because that's how we roll around here. Duncan and everybody else in studio, thanks for helping us out. And we'll check you guys next week. Thanks again. Talking Tech with the Techie Guy, Lee Ron on cliffcentral.com.